I tell you that people are going to quit on you? Oh, man, when I started ministry, I, a lot of people quit on me. Anybody ever quit on you, Pastor Tim? Anybody quit on you yet? People are going to flake on you. They're going to quit on you every time. Started with 12 and he finished with 11. We all know who the one who quit was. This life is unfair. Things ain't going to go your way. People are going to walk out on you. So you're sitting here and you're saying, my life has been so rocky. Man, my dad walked out on me. Some of you in here, your wife walked out on you, or your spouse, they walked out on you. People that you thought cared, they walked out on you, they quit on you. You got unsaved loved ones, and you go to church every week, and you're dedicated, and you're faithful to it. And you do it alone, some of you. Twelve started, eleven finished. And they met him again on a mountain. He said, I'm going to give you everything you, you need to banish demons. But come on, let's, let's meet on this mountain again, right? He says to go out and train everyone you meet, far and near. Which tells me that this thing is a journey, isn't it? He says, instruct them in the practice of all that I have commanded you. Right? And this is the part that I love right here. Some of them doubted that it was him, even when they could see him. Can I let you off the hook today? Can I tell you that you're going to doubt? They could see him, and they doubted. They could physically see him. And some of them, they doubted it anyway. And this is what he said. Hey, I know you're doubting it, but go ahead. And let's just go into this thing. And let's just worship, right? I know you're doubting. I know it's been rough. Man, when them bills come and the money's low, you're going to doubt, ain't you? When your loved one gets a, gets a diagnosis that you don't want to hear, and they say, you ain't got much time left. You're going to doubt, ain't you? He says, I got an invite for you. I want you to be with me. I want to send you out. And I know that it's going to get rough at times and you're going to doubt it. But I want you to go out and train everyone you meet. And here's what he says. He says, I'll be with you as you do this. Day after day after day after day after day. To the end of the age. I'm here to tell you, I don't know how long you have, but I'm going to tell you, if you will show up and climb with him, he'll be with you every day that you do it. To the end. To the finish. You were built to climb. 
I remember when I was a, I ain't going to say when I was little because I ain't never been little. But I remember when I was younger, I was a young man. Go with me for a second. Think about little Brooks. No, no beard. Face just like a smooth baby's butt, right? And I remember my bike that I had. It was one of the first bikes that I had. It was, it was rickety. The nuts and bolts, they were coming off. The rubber on the handles was, was stripped off. You know, I had wore the bike out. Wore my bike out, all right? Seat was tore up. Wheels were bent. The tires were dry rotted. I had a little pump out on the porch. I would sit there and I'd pump the tires up on my bike, right? And I'd get out the driveway and they'd be flat just as soon as I got past the mailbox. You know what I'm talking about? The bike was, I had, I had wore that bike out. I had outgrown the bike. Surprise, surprise, right? And I'll never forget, I, I was looking at, 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 about getting a new bike. And, and some of the kids in my neighborhood, they had bikes that had these like pegs and stuff on it, you know. Like Napoleon Dynamite, shocks, pegs. Lucky, you know what I'm saying, right? And they had these pegs on it, and, and, and their little girlfriends would ride on the back of the bikes, or they'd do some tricks, you know? And, and I thought, you know, I don't really have a girlfriend, but I, I want a bike with some pegs on it, just in case I do, right? <laughs> so stupid, right? <laughs> and so I remember at school, we had a thing called a reading time, and, and, and we would break up into groups, and and cliques, you know what I'm saying? Even in the elementary school, you had cliques, and, and we would read magazines. And, and this table in, in my class, they were the skater kids. How many of you know what a skater kid is? Well, back in the 90s, a skater kid, they, they wore these big jeans called Jinkos. How many of you know what I'm talking about? This is the ugliest pants I've ever seen in my life, right? They grew their hair out in their face, you know, and they're always doing this number like that. Like, bro, just get a haircut. It'll break your neck, right? And they had these ugly shoes on. They called them airwalks. You know what I'm talking about? They were about this wide. I thought, I know your foot ain't that wide, man. If it is, you might need to get a prescription for that, right? Ugliest things, but they served a purpose. They kept them on the board. And this is what they did. They wore a big chain that come down up to their wallet. They was letting everybody know they were an LMV. You know what an LMV is? A lunch money victim. That's what they was letting them know, right? Like, bro, you, got, you ain't even got no money. Got a chain hanging off of you. But they knew about things like bikes. And they had these magazines where they, they, they read about skateboarding and, and extreme, the X Games. That was getting really big. And I remember I thought, man, I don't even really like these kids, but... They probably know where I can find a bike like I want. So I went over there to them, and I said, hey, I said, I want a bike. What kind of bike you want? I said, well, you know, and I explained. They said, okay, and they turned, turning to the bike section, past the roller blades, right on to the bike section. And there it was, the bike that I wanted. It was a BMX bike. How many of you know what I'm talking about? BMX. And it was, it was like, it was chrome, and it had red on it, and, it had the pegs. They were chrome. This thing was bad to the bone, man. And I thought, that's what I want. And they said, yeah, you can get you one. That's how much it costs. And I thought, oh, well, Dad's paying for it. Maybe he can get it, right? And they said, if you can't get that one, you, you might get you a Huffy. You know, a Huffy would be a good one to get. And I thought, okay, you know. And, and so I went home that night, and, 
And, and I remember the skater kids, they told me, if you want to get one of these bikes, you got to go to Cycle Escape. That was a bike shop. And they told me, they were like, do you know what, what Cycle Escape is? And I was like, not really. And they said, do you know what McDonald's is? <laughs> That's the dumbest question I've ever heard. Yeah, I know what a... Ain't no doubt, right? <laughs> it's behind McDonald's. I was like, great. I go home that night and I tell my dad, I said, hey, dad, my bike is really wore out. My dad, he, you know, he's Southern and he always, he always has some sinus issues, you know, and he always does a little cough and a sniff. Before he talks, he's like, <coughs> he does that, right? I'm like, Dad, I need a bike. He's like, <coughs> yeah, I saw yours, right? <coughs> Pretty wore out, ain't it? <coughs> yeah, it is. He's like, <coughs> we'll go down to Cycle Escape on Saturday and get you a new bike. And I thought, all right. Cool. Because that's where I wanted to go. I said, awesome. When he said Saturday, that meant he got paid on Friday, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about, getting paid on Friday? Back in the day, my mom knew that payday was coming on Friday, so she'd go to the store on Thursday and write the check. She knew it would be good on Friday, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) So Saturday morning rolls around, and I said, Dad, are we going to get a bike? He said, yeah, I've thought about it. We're going to go get you one. I said, all right, good. You know, we get in the truck. Mom hops in the truck with us. And we take out through Montgomery, Alabama, where I'm from, and I see the McDonald's, and oh, man, I saw the sign for Cycle Escape. And Dad went right on past Cycle Escape. I was like, hey. Cycle Escape's that way. He said, we ain't going to Cycle Escape. I said, where are we going? He said, we're going to Walmart, right? How do you know what Walmart is, man? Yeah, Walmart's where dreams go to die, ain't it, right? <laughs> Walmart, in my town, you go in, the orange juice is already drank, the <laughs> lid fell off of it. Buggy wheels jammed up, you know what I'm talking about? Walmart. Boy, I, I can't stand Walmart, man. If you want to see an alien, go to Walmart, right? <laughs> so we go to Walmart, and I thought, man, there ain't no way they got a BMX bike. We get out and go in. They didn't, Right? Not a BMX to be found, but I'm looking on the rack and I see one. I thought, man, that kind of looks like the BMX. It wasn't chrome and red. It was gray and orange. But it looked close, and I got it down, and and, and it wasn't a BMX. It was a mongoose. How many know what a mongoose is? The mongoose was the great value BMX. How many know what a great value? You want to raise that hand good and high? Great value brand, man. You know what I'm saying? Not Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> Toasted Cinnamon Cereal Squares. Comes in a bag. You know what I'm talking about? That, I, that might as well say, tear your stomach up on the bag, right? You eat that, you're on the toilet trying to figure out what's going on with your life. You're holding the wall, speaking in other tongues. The great value brand, man. The mongoose. And I thought, this looks close. It ain't, but it's close, right? It'll do. And the seat on it was like a slice of pie. And I got on it, and they thought I was doing a magic trick inside of Walmart because the bike seat disappeared. I'm talking about now you see it, now you don't. Abracadabra. It went into the abyss, and it just disappeared, never coming back. The bike seat is probably in this room on this stage right now, right? 
It was up there, man. Went up into the Death Star. You know what I'm talking about? Man, I ain't never going to come back to Milliton, am I? <laughs> Sitting there, the, 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 the handlebars was up in my chest. I ain't going to get into that, but I need some help up there too, right? Pedals was up in my thighs. I didn't know I could get anything in between my thighs. When I wear shorts and run, it sounds like a standing ovation, right? They was up in there, man. And my dad comes around the corner and he goes, huh. He said, boy, you ain't got enough bike, right? Rhonda, <laughs> come over here and look at Brooks on this bike. Mama comes around there and she's like, oh, Donnie, look at him, right? Mama and dad's dogging me out inside of Walmart. And I'm sitting there, man, I'm upset. And all of a sudden I hear it. My dad went and picked me out a bike. He brought it around. It was the biggest, ugliest bike I've ever seen in my life. It looked like something the Wicked Witch was driving. You know what I'm talking about? granny bike I was like dad what is that and he said that's your new bike I said no it ain't he said get on it I got on it and I thought man this uh, feels good on my back <laughs> I can reach the pedals had hoses coming off of it and like brakes <laughs> gears you know he's telling me everything about it he said, that's a mountain bike. I said, Dad, I can't. This is embarrassing. I can't drive this. He said, yeah, you can. He said, that's your bike. Them little bikes ain't going to get it done for you. This bike right here will, right? I'll never forget I was going to ride bikes with my buddies that, later that day. and I pulled out. They had their... BMXs and their Huffies and one or two mongooses, you know, out there in the street and pull out on my mountain bike and I look like Lance Armstrong in the Tour de France, right? <laughs> thing had a water bottle in the middle of it. I had that thing full of Minute Maid fruit punch and ice, you know. I come out there and got in the street and I got that water bottle. I waterfalled it in front of them, you know, and put it back. They was like, man, that bike's lame. That bike is lame, man. That's a granny bike. That's a bike for old people. I thought you was going to get one of these. Man, that's the ugliest bike I've ever seen. Cracking on me. In the back of my neighborhood, we had a steep hill. Only the experienced kids could get to the top of it. I never could get to the top of it. On top of that hill was a buddy of mine. His name was Marcus. He lived on top of that hill. And in his house, man, he had a pool table and BB guns and frozen pizza from Swans. And I loved going there, man. I knew it was going to be fun. But the only way you could get to it is either you go up the hill, which we couldn't, or you had to go the long route around to it. 45 minutes to get around the neighborhood to it on a bike. And I'll never forget that day we're out there riding and they're doing tricks in the street and they got their girlfriends on the back and I'm riding my big granny bike. Smooth riding, right? And I'll never forget, somebody said, let's go to Marcus's. I said, yeah, let's go there. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up the hill. Let's go up the hill today. They said, man, you ain't going up that hill. We can't get up that hill. I said, oh no, my dad said that this is a mountain bike and he says it goes up hills. I said, okay. Go for it, right? And as I, I, I took out up the hill. And they're all watching me. 
And I get about a third of the way up, and all of a sudden my thighs just started jiggling. I thought, oh no, sweat beating up and pouring out, shaking. And then I look at them. And then all of a sudden I remember what my dad told me. He said, there's gears on this thing. All of a sudden I shifted the gears, and the pedaling got easier. And I'm almost to the top, and I turn around and I look, and everybody's like, he's getting up the hill. And all of a sudden, some of them were like, well, if Brooks can get to the top, so can I. I make it to the top, and all of a sudden, I became their coach. I said, come on, Marcus. Half of them started up the hill. Some of them quit on us. They took their bike, and they went home. But a few of them made the journey up the hill with me. And I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, come on, Trey. Come on, come on, Pierre. Come on, Tommy. Pedro. All of them didn't make it, but a few of them did. And we went to Marcus's house. And we got up in that swans. <laughs> See, some of you, you've been out here living a life you were never meant to live. When you were built for greater heights. The mountain is calling you today. Do we have that picture? Do we have those pictures of this mountain? You see this right here. You see this? This guy looks like an idiot, don't he? I watched this documentary when we were at home. and The documentary called Free Solo. Some of you may have seen it. This guy's name is Alex Honnold. He's an American mountain climber. This mountain right here is called El Capitan. You see the trees down there at the bottom? Some of those trees are 100 feet tall, you know, just to give you an idea of how tall that mountain is. Look at those trees. And look at that mountain. It's almost straight up and down. And he free soloed El Capitan. He's the only one to ever do it. And somebody said, what does free solo mean? He went up and he climbed that mountain with any ropes or harnesses. Just his hands and his feet. And I watched this documentary and I thought to myself, this guy is an absolute idiot. My brother-in-law was watching it with me and he said, you think you could ever do that? I said, I can't even see my feet. I'm doing good to make it out to the mailbox every day. He climbed it. And get into the documentary and I thought, what in the world went wrong with this guy's mind to think he would risk everything like that? He would just risk himself totally to climb this mountain. And the more I got into the documentary and the more I heard him talk and the more I heard more about his story, everything began to make sense. Everybody was saying, you're going to die. You ain't never going to be able to do that. And he would say things like, you ain't seen the view that I've seen. You hadn't climbed the way I've climbed. You hadn't spent time with the rock. The way I spent time with the rock. 
You see, it just didn't happen overnight. He went and he studied that mountain. He studied it. He reported to it every day. It took him hours to climb it. He knew where every little foothold and grab hole was on the mountain. At one point of the climb, as he free soloed it, he had to jump off one part of the mountain midair and grab a hold and catch onto another part of the mountain. That crack that he's climbing up right there, he had to climb up that thing. He had to shimmy up the crack for like 45 minutes. He made notes of it. He didn't just, he didn't just walk up and climb it. He lived it. And you thought, man, what drove him to that? What drove him to this, to this mentality of, if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. But if I die, I die climbing and living the way I love. On the mountain, found out that his mom never, never told him that she loved him. Dad died at an early age. He was given a sorry deck of cards of a life, right? And it drove him to the mountain. It drove him to climb. And somebody could come play softly behind me. Can I tell you today that there's a view? What if I told you today that there was a piece of property that had been bought, that had been paid for, purchased? With your name on it. As far as the eye could see. A beautiful piece of land that no human mind could ever fathom. Of splendor. A view that was majestic. What if I told you that? And it had your name on it. It was set aside just for you. Would you climb the mountain to see it? Would you climb the mountain to see it? And I'll sweeten the deal for you today. What if I told you that every day you reported to the base of that mountain that there would be a guide who would meet you there? And that on the climb every day, you and the guide, you would laugh together. <laughs> And you cry together. On the days you didn't feel so good, you would be able to just talk to him and he would comfort you. On the days of doubt, when it got rocky, when it got too steep for you to handle, the guide would put his arm around you and he would help you go higher and higher and higher. That on the days you slip and you fall, the guide, he would catch you. <laughs> and he would put you back on the mountain again. And there wouldn't be a day he wouldn't be there smiling on your life. That there wouldn't be a day he would be disappointed in you. That every day that he saw you, he would say this. 
you could reach the top. I've given you everything you need. My father bought me everything I needed to get to that hill. The father has given you and he's equipped you with everything you need to get to the top. Can I tell you that guy's name is Jesus? Can I tell you that that mountaintop, that mountain is called your life and the land, the view, is called your purpose and your destiny. There's an invitation on the table today. And he's saying there's more. He'll find you and he'll love you. In the street every time. But he will appoint you and commission you on the mountain after you've met him there. After you've climbed. He's, he's inviting you today, Journey Church. And he's saying, greater, greater, greater heights. Can we bow our heads? Life is unfair. But God is good. He's faithful. He sticks closer than a brother. There's an invitation on the table. Some of you are saying, man, I know he loves me. I know he loves me. I want more. <laughs> I want more of you. I want to know you close today, Father God. I want to spend more time with you, Lord. I want to hear the plans you have for me. If you want more, could you stand up and slip out of your seat and come to this altar? If you want more of Him, if you want to experience more of Him, come on. Come on, I'll wait. I want more. I want the view. I want to discover purpose and destiny. I want to climb. I want to go to greater heights. I want to spend time on the mountain. The world is looking down on Memphis right now. But I'm looking at an altar full of climbers who the Lord has equipped and given everything they need to banish any demon that comes their way. It is not a lost city. It's a place of purpose and destiny and freedom because there's climbers saying, I will accept the invite today. I will shift the gears where they need to be shifted. I will get to the top. There's others and they want to climb too, but they got to see you climb first. If you want to climb, can you lift both hands to the heavens today? Come on. I want you to open up your mouth 
and begin to release the things of God. If you got a prayer language, just let it out. My kids are unsaved. Keep climbing, he says. I've been depressed. Keep climbing, he says. Show up every day. This thing called mission and ministry, a lot of us just show it up. One grab at a time, one step at a time. My health ain't good. Keep climbing. I'm depressed. Keep climbing. I'm stricken with anxiety. You're free because you're climbing. Come on, just one minute. Just as hard as you can. One minute saying, I will see the view that was only meant for me and him to experience. They walked out on you. He won't ever. They gave up on you. He won't ever. It looks dark. If my sons and daughters will cry out for me, I'll be near. He's near today. He's near today. He's near today. Come on. Come on. Just one minute. Just one minute as a declaration. Still in the moment. I'm going to climb. I'm not going to give up. Even when I doubt, I'm not going to give up. When I see him, I'm going I'm to keep going harder, harder. Day after day after day after day after day after day to the end of the age. I'll be with you. Tell everybody who I am. Climb with me. Right now, God, I speak over Journey Church, God. That you would unlock some things deep down on the inside of them, some some things that haven't been tapped into, God. I pray right now, God, that they would be tapped into today. That new wells would be discovered today. That would lead to everlasting. (laughs) To the view. Twenty more seconds. I will climb. He will appoint you and commission you. 
He'll always do it on a mountain after you climb.